So we're back with So You Think You Know Sports. We give you weekly updates on things you want to know, like off-the-court stories, game highlights, and all-around current sports knowledge, mostly highlighting NBA, NFL, and sometimes UFC. Uh, This week, we give you the best of the hiatus uh, time in sports, but there's still some great news. Uh, We give you the best of the NFL and their new approval of the expansion of the playoffs, the possible number one pick in the NBA draft, a little bit more NFL news with the quarterbacks who have not found a home, along with two is recovery and college players getting another year of eligibility. But before we get into it, I'm going to go ahead and introduce the host. My name is Alex and Mohammed. Go ahead and say something for them. Hey, just want to say what's up to all our listeners. Thank you for listening. And make sure you also subscribe to our other platforms, including Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, definitely subscribe. Um, We're still going to give you the insights of the sports knowledge. I know not as many active sports are going on right now, but there's definitely still news to cover. Um, We'll at least give you that news that is there. But we start off today with the NFL's approval of the expansion of their playoffs for the 20 after the 2020 season. They're expanding to a 14 team playoffs, which can change up numbers and how many teams actually make the playoffs. Of course, there. Um, But in this, the owners approved to expand the playoffs. And there's a lot of different residual effects that may come from this especially money when it comes to the NFL owners. So I ask, what are the biggest changes that will happen to a Super Bowl winning team since there is now a 14-team playoff? I think right off the bat, the biggest change is there's going to be more games to get to the Super Bowl for anybody who isn't a number one seed. That's just an extra game. More put on the team's body. So it's really hard to say whether it's really worth it to go for that, that uh, number one seed. If you feel like your team isn't good enough, don't really go for it because it's just hard to get that number one seed unless you just know. And uh, just getting the number two seed, you're still going to play on wild card weekend and you'll most likely play one of the worst teams may just slip into the playoffs, but, you just never know. Some teams get on a roll and they're able to ride that all the way to the Super Bowl. So just right off the bat, it just has to be harder for anybody who doesn't get the number one seed. I can agree. Definitely agree. I actually think it's going to cause issues with maybe the NBA effect in the NFL, uh, where the regular season just doesn't mean as much until you get close to the playoffs. Uh, Pretty much, I think those first eight games of the season, it's really, especially since they also uh, are trying to get approved for a longer season, shortening the preseason here. But I think it's going to give possibly that NBA effect where you don't really have to watch these NBA, sorry, NFL regular season games. I know it's hard to say that right now uh, because a lot of people are attached to the regular season and they do give a lot of energy towards it. It's just that over a certain amount of years, I say about five years, you're going to be able to see that it does not matter what you do in the beginning, or you can at least shoot for an eight and eight season, which might get you into the playoffs, which has actually gotten a couple player uh, divisions in the playoffs this past couple years, like the NFC East. 
Yeah, I agree. It's just going to water down the regular season just a little bit. But whenever the season comes back around, people are hungry for football. So uh, people are still going to watch. There's just too much time in between the Super Bowl and the start of preseason for uh, people not to get excited for NFL football or just football in general. I can definitely hear that, especially with the whole situation of the coronavirus. Uh, there is another heightened uh, aspect to sports. We we knew what we had when we had it, but it's taking a different type of effect in people's emotional lives, uh, especially, I would say, males, uh, because it was the thing that you leaned towards when you wanted to get away. Um, now, so if the NFL season starts on schedule, trust and believe there'll be more viewership than it was this past season or even maybe the past five seasons. So this may work. It, 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 it at least worked for the regular season, but watering down the playoffs is just not what I think should happen. There's teams in a, in the whole of, of the NFL. Uh, so that means of course, more than half right there is actually right about, a little under half is going to make the playoffs. I I don't know. I just I'm not sure how I feel about it just yet because it's just going to be end up having that one year or maybe early in these uh, years of expanding that this one team is just going to get on a roll who never should have been in the, in the playoffs and somehow gets to the uh, Super Bowl and maybe wins it. But I guess it's all fair games if you're in the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. Um it won't be to the extent that the NBA is where they have more than half of the teams make the playoffs with 16 teams and having a total of 30 teams. Well, just to kind of interject really quickly, um, but we all know the NBA is very top heavy. Like the the last teams that that make the playoffs aren't really any type of contender. Uh, Someone who sneaks into playoffs in the NFL can get on a run and, wipe out someone who might have, by the numbers, made it to the uh, to the Super Bowl themselves without the team who w- should have never made it. Yeah, I agree with that. But that's what makes the NFL more exciting because you, you, you just have more parity. True, very true. But wait to that one upset that people do not want. Uh, a Patrick Mahomes uh, messed up call by the refs type of win that happens for this this rinky-dink team that made it in and just so happened, let's say the Chiefs um, ended up in the third spot. They were pretty good that year, but just in the third spot. And out of nowhere, this rinky-dink Buffalo team wins. Uh, They're not in the same division, but just to kind of give an example of what type of scenario that could happen and people might not like it. Well, that type of thing kind of did happen with the Tennessee Titans beating the Baltimore Ravens this past season. Nobody expected that. But that wasn't early. That wasn't early in the season. And Tennessee actually held their own throughout the season. Like, they weren't slaps. They weren't barely making it into the playoffs. They were 9-7. and seven. They, they weren't, like, a, a Super Bowl contender. Nobody yeah, thought of them as that. True, but compare the records of the teams who were in the NFC East. The top uh, person in the NFC East uh, ended up with an 8-8 eight and eight record. Well, I mean, you just keep going back to the NFC East, but <laughs> I know, but because there's such, such slaps for the past couple of years, and they've had many situations where, for example, the uh, the New York Giants backed into two Super Bowls. They barely made it 
just off their last win, the last game of the season, made it into the playoffs and then went on a, a run that led them into the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl both times they went there with Eli. But I guess that what makes it all fair game. So I, I do agree it is a whole lot of more parity, but it could water down the product. It might. It, it just depends on how it happens. The NFL will suit it up to the point where they make a great story out of it. True. And uh, just to kind of poke at the NFL and their love for Tom Brady, do you think that they've made this rule possible so that there's a possibility Tom Brady ends up in another Super Bowl? I don't see how that works. I mean, I, I, I guess it helps giving him more of a chance to get into the playoffs, but I don't see how that kind of puts him at the forefront as uh, it's just hard to see. I, I don't see how this helps any more than before. I, I, I'm just asking that because maybe they, they're really about their big names and they're going to be losing a big name very soon with Tom Brady. Uh, they would make would love no more. Well, they would definitely love for him to make the playoff uh, any way they can make that happen. I'm not saying that the Bucks are going to be horrible at all, but this does like, make the possibility of them making the playoffs a whole lot higher. Um, but to move it along and to stay in the NFL, uh, we're looking at Cam Newton and his possible landing spot uh, as a heavy favorite has now come about with the Los Angeles Chargers. So I ask, is this the perfect spot for Cam Newton? I think it is the perfect spot for Cam Newton because it seems like they shored up their offensive line. They have some weapons on the outside with Keenan Allen, uh, Mike Williams, and Hunter Henry. And they also did bring back uh, a pass-catching running back. And um, I can't remember his name right now, but he's pretty good at catching the ball. He's not really a three-down back, but he can he caters to the way the NFL is being played right now. Um, and they have some weapons on their defense that can get after the quarterback. And I think that is the best potential landing spot. Or he could go to the Patriots. Um, I don't think they really want him because of the injury history. Uh, he looks like damaged goods right now. That's why nobody has jumped on him yet. But I think the Chargers are the best landing spot for Cam Newton. I can definitely agree. Um, I think that... Just personality-wise, I think Cam Newton needs to be in a flashy city, whether that be Miami, Chicago, Los Angeles. I, I don't see him working as well in New York, but I just think he needs to be in a flashy type city, even if it was him to go to the Raiders, even that. But it, that, those aren't real possibilities on those uh, a couple of those selections. So I do think L.A. is a, a perfect place for him for his personality, how he likes to be, uh, the flashiness. Uh, so I, I, I do think that's a very good spot for him. There could be others, but that is the most clear one that I see right now that could be a very good spot for Cam Newton. Uh, so I ask, uh, do you ever see Cam Newton returning to MVP form while being at the Chargers? Yeah, I can definitely see him turning into that MVP uh, Cam Newton. He was very great whenever he was in that form. Um, he was carrying the team really all on his shoulders. But with the Chargers, they have the they have the requisite weapons to 
help him so he doesn't have to carry the whole load. He has the receivers on the outside. Austin Eckler, that's the running back. He's a great pass-catching running back. And then they have a supplemental defense that can help uh, really lead them to the playoffs. So I think he can definitely return to that form, and they can help elevate him to the point where he is an MVP-type quarterback. I can agree. I I believe in Cam still being a very good starting quarterback. I think that the Panthers just specifically chose to take a different route. When things were working and he wasn't ready to come back early last season, they told him to sit out for a little while game by game, and then things started to go well for the Panthers. They were uh, they had a very good record to begin the season. So they felt like, do we even need Cam? Um, then it became a personality thing, a personality match uh, with the ownership and him. Uh, him just the, the stress that was put around when he was coming back or what he was going to be able to do. And when they weren't even sure whether they wanted to go forward with Cam Newton. Uh, so I do still believe in Cam being able to be that MVP form. Um I think even his new diet might help him. I just think that it's been about two years since he's actually been able to show what he can do. Um, He did pass the physical. He didn't get just released like um, Joe Flacco from the Broncos did for not passing the physical. So I do think Cam is ready for game play. Yeah, he is ready. But people just have that one lasting look. Just looking back at his injury history, I mean, he hasn't really missed that many games before this past season and the season before. Um, He's taken a lot of hits and people just think that he's just over the hill. But I think he still has a lot of good football left in him. He just needs to have well, he just needs to be given the right chance. Agreed. I feel like even with the Panthers, he was always playing with at least one hand behind his back. He wasn't. He didn't have a full uh, toolbox of tools. He was always working with what he could and filling in spots. It never felt like a complete set. Closest might have been their Super Bowl year, and I don't even that was the best Super best Panthers team that Cam Newton has been on. Yeah, I agree. That was not the best Panthers team. Um, he really carried that team. Uh, I think that team went fifteen and one because of their schedule. Um, the the division wasn't really that great that year. They also played the uh, Colts division without Andrew Luck, or I, I can't remember exactly what what time frame that was. But he was probably the Colts hurt. division was, he was terrible. Hurt. Yeah, but either way, he just played two bad divisions, which helped them get to fifteen and one. But he played very well during that season. Yeah, I think the West Coast would be quite friendly to Cam Newton. And if they're smart um, out of the options of veteran quarterbacks that are still left out there, I think that is their better choice. I just don't feel like Jameis is good for L.A. I think he could possibly get into trouble. And Cam Newton is more on his family man side, but at the same time wants to be flashy. I just think it's a better fit compared to what is available. Yeah, I agree. But I think that if the... Chargers don't go for Cam Newton. They're trying to build for the future, even though they have a ready-made team right now. Well, that sounds like a waste of money when it comes to the Chargers. So, honestly, I think it's a no-brainer for Cam Newton, especially when he's on a cheaper contract. 
Um, you get to try this out without the negative. What has the Chargers done for the past couple of years anyway? Well, they did make the playoffs the season before, but then they got knocked out in the first round. Yeah. So once again, is what have they done? Is <laughs> he's done more in his time uh, than they've done as an organization. Um, so I, I would say this is a great fit for them, and it's at least worth an experiment, a spe- experimental trial. Um, but we move on to another available quarterback with Jameis Winston, as he has been finally released by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with their acquisition of Tom Brady. So uh, with Jameis Winston's future and a, a bit of a fog, where do you really feel that he is best fit with possibly limited options left? Well, I'll go back to what I was saying before. His best chance is really with the Patriots, but they they don't seem like they're interested in him. Um, he did put up, put up really good stats last year, um, positively and negatively. <laughs> yeah. Uh, throwing over 30 touchdowns and then throwing 30 interceptions and then who knows how many fumbles, just way too many turnovers and passing for over 5,000 yards. Um, He he is very talented, but he makes bad decisions on the field and off the field. I I think there's really not too many places for Jameis right now. I think he's really just going to have to accept a backup role coming up into the season and then take over from there. Um, Jameis, I think you need the absolute opposite of what I was saying about Cam Newton. You need to put Jameis Winston in a very boring city. Put him in Cleveland. I, I'm not. It doesn't seem like the biggest, the best fit right now. Um, but it looks like a better option than Baker Mayfield uh, currently. So I think if you put Jameis in a boring city where he doesn't have but so much to do. And get him out of Florida, get him out of the the sunshine. Maybe he can hone in because uh, we're not giving him a lot of chances here because he did have 30 and 30 and he did just have LASIK. So he might have still felt he was being accurate. He just couldn't see who he was throwing to. So I still have a little faith on him, too. I actually have a lot of faith still on Jameis. But I do think he needs the opposite. He needs a boring city to be in to probably get the success he is going to have yeah and one quick team that i just thought about was the pittsburgh steelers he doesn't have to take over currently because ben roethlisberger is there and he might be there for maybe a couple years maybe less um and i think mike tomlin can turn his career around and help him do better actually yeah i definitely agree actually either one of them would be a good fit but Jameis is the better fit for the steelers Uh, i think he likes that um the big statured quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger uh, when it comes to Mike Thompson, head coach of the Steelers. But yeah, that is sounds like an absolutely great fit because Ben's days are quite numbered. I honestly don't even think he should return from his injury from, from last year to going into next year. I think he is uh, way over the hill. <laughs> I think he is still a talented quarterback. He just doesn't have too many days left. Does he have a Super Bowl in him? I think with the right talent around him, yes. But, I mean, he hasn't had a Super Bowl. Ben Roethlisberger, right. 
Yeah, I'm talking about Ben Roethlisberger, Big Ben. He still has enough in him to get them to a championship. He's not going to carry the team, but with what they did last year, um, just barely missing the playoffs, I think that he could just be enough to carry them to a Super Bowl if they surround him with the requisite weapons. I honestly don't think so. I think they must get young in that division. They have Baltimore that is definitely going to whip up on them uh, throughout this this little uh, last little time of Ben Roethlisberger. I, I think if they get younger and they get Winston, James Winston, I just looking at it, and if you put Ben Roethlisberger versus the Baltimore Ravens with Lamar Jackson and then viewing it as James Winston and the Steelers versus the Ravens, I – I just honestly see James win, possibly winning a whole lot more than Ben in that situation. Well, I think Ben, he plays the whole season unless he gets injured again. But with you saying that um, the Ravens beating up on the Steelers, they had two very close games. Um, so the, the Steelers coaching. are not going to back down. That is, that is coaching. I'm not saying they're backing down, but I just think that they have a better – it's a better outlook if you have a younger quarterback right now. They should be building towards the future. When I'm not even sure whether their team is older and young uh, when it comes to the Steelers. They're right in kind of like this no-man's land, uh, even though they did almost make the playoffs last year. They're, I think they, they are generally pretty young. They have all young wide receivers. They still need a running back. On the defensive side, they are pretty young, so it's I think it's a team built for the future, except quarterback. So still sounds like James. So, yeah, and this is off your recommendation. I'm not going to take any credit there. But, yeah, I, I say that is a great landing spot. Yeah, got to go with James. Okay. So um, to move it along and to move it towards one of the main characters in the coming up NFL draft is Tua Tonga Valoa. I think I got that last name right this time. Uh, but doctors are very excited about Tua's recovery. Now, he had surgery in November uh, after he dislocated his hip and also came back from another injury uh, shortly before getting injured with his uh, dis- dislocated hip. He has put out recent videos of his footwork and throwing strength, as it does not seem to be affecting his ability now with the injuries he had this past season as he was the starting quarterback for the uh, for the Alabama road tide. I, I can't remember right now. The uh, What are they? Tide? Just the tide? Is that the nickname? Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide. Oh, wow. Yeah. But uh, I was about to say elephant, but I'm looking at the mascot. But uh, to, <laughs> to kind of round it back in here, um, Tua is still shaping up to be in the top 10 pick in the top three of picks for uh, for players coming into the NFL. With there being no clear way to see Tua in person with the coronavirus in effect, do you see Tua still landing in those top 10 spots? Um, well, just to go back on that reporting, I, I think just recently, teams have kind of backed away. They they said that people are not as high on Tua as they previously thought. But I still do think he is going to be a top 10 pick 
If not, you know, he can just trickle on down to the Patriots and, you know, we'll snatch him up. But uh, I think he still will be a top 10 pick. People just like to downplay players right before the draft just so they can uh, ward off any other teams. But he's still going to be a top 10 pick. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. But he has the talent to succeed in the NFL. It's only the recent hip injury that makes people pause. But I think with just a little bit more time and not being thrown out there on day one, he can be very successful. I can agree. Um, I do think he ends up in that top 10. Uh, if not in that top three, I definitely think he's going to be landing somewhere in that top three. Actually, do you know who were the worst teams or who has the, uh, the top five picks at all? Top five picks. Um, well, I know the Bengals are number one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who else. Okay, I forgot about that. Okay. Well, I just don't see uh, the Bengals uh, choosing Tua at all. Um, But I still think he lands in that top 10 spot. Uh, And I still don't think that you can count out the Miami Dolphins on this one. But I do think the people who really want them the most is the Patriots. Yeah, if not... They want a system quarterback. They want a good, a very good system quarterback who knows how to read plays. Yeah, but if not him, um, I would go with Jalen Hurts, a quarterback that nobody's really talking about. Um, somebody who really takes care of the ball, um, runs whenever he needs to, and makes smart decisions. Doesn't really try to overextend himself throwing the ball, but makes the right decisions. I can definitely see that, but it just doesn't seem like the type that the Patriots tend to go for. Even though Tom Brady has been that uh, quarterback for over a decade, um, I just don't feel that's the type of quarterback they see backing fully. Uh, maybe as in a trial type run, but I don't. I just don't see that being their type of quarterback. If they had their choice, they would probably go with uh, the guy from LSU. Um, what's his name again? <laughs> what is his name? Dang, I thought you were going to up on this. I thought you were going to hit me with the, oh, you can't remember his name. I can't remember his name right now. I really can't. Nah, he only came about in the past year here. Uh, what's his name? Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Dang it. Wow. <laughs> That's, but he has really only emerged in the past year. So I think that they should be a little bit cautious about draft stocks on somebody who's only been very good for one year. Uh, But, hey, he's probably going to end up being the number one pick with the Bengals after the year he had for the LSU Tigers. Um, But we'll, we'll, I guess, move along on here. We're moving it to the NBA and the NBA draft as LaMelo Ball is looking to shape up to be that number one pick in the NBA draft. Now, the Warriors do hold the number one spot for drafting and will actually have the most uh, likelihood of being the number one pick uh, selector team. But they are not high on drafting LaMelo Ball. So if they do end up with the number one pick, do you keep LaMelo or do you trade him for better pieces? Um, It's really hard to say. Uh, 
LaMelo Ball, his draft stock has really risen over the past year. Nobody really thought of him as being a serious prospect uh, whenever LaMelo Ball, I mean, LaVara Ball was talking about his sons. But it's hard to say what you would get for him. You you obviously want to build for the future. Um, he seems like he would be the best fit for the future, but they don't want that extra baggage when it comes to LaVar Ball. It seems like he has calmed down and kind of separated himself from his sons, not not really being the number one uh, attention grabber. But it's hard to say what they would get for him. You don't want any older players. You You want somebody who is a franchise player for the future. Very true. Um, I think if I'm the Warriors, I trade for other pieces. It'd be nice and all to play. Let's get another shooter. We can possibly have him replace uh, where KD was since we now have our pieces back. But I think they should do the trade that I've already been thinking the Warriors could do the trade. Um, When they had uh, DeMarco Russell? Yeah. uh, Or... What's his first name? No, it's uh, D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell. Sorry about that. I knew it was a D. But when they had D'Angelo Russell, I really felt they were supposed to make this other trade, which I still think is the best trade if they can work it out. For them to either, since they don't have uh, D'Angelo anymore, to trade that number one pick if they get it. And if they are able to obtain Lamar Ball, LaVar, sorry, LaMelo Ball, (laughs) uh, to trade him for Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons just seems to be the right type of player for the Warriors. Somebody who drives the buck, uh, drives the to the rim, does not shoot threes, looks to pass first, and has a lot of LeBron's type uh, abilities lacking at the three point line. The Warriors have no lack of three point shooting, and, and with just two players, um, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. So it just still seems like the best fit. And it doesn't seem like the best fit is between uh, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. So I really think that they should mix the pot a little bit. And that should really be the the trade if that does shake out that way. Well, I I like that trade for the present, but not really for the future. Unless Ben Simmons develops into somebody who can shoot outside the paint. Because once these other players get older and their shooting percentages go down... It's going to be hard to see him trying to carry a team by himself if you don't have those other pieces to surround around him. Well, he does that now, and they, they're doing good about um, having a good bench. Or Now, they literally had a whole season of developing players, uh, as you can see their record. But I, I just think that's it fits best because even if you have Clay and Steph out here being, oh, they can shoot threes. This is not about them jumping, them dunking, them driving to the hoop. This would be Ben Simmons being able to do that and facilitate to the right spot for them to catch and shoot. Yeah, I, it, it's, I mean, it's good for the present, but for the future, it, it looks kind of dark. How much does Warriors want? Uh, how, how much If they got one championship out of that, it's, it's more than worth it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I can agree. Um, they you get one had, more of the had, of the Warriors error. They 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 did have a, a lot of riches recently. Um, people don't usually get those many championships um, in a row or just within a five year time span. But 
I, I think that they would want even more than that, just one. Um, but one is <laughs> it, it is. But I mean, they As they have know. been they they they. <laughs> I mean, they they've had so much success lately. Besides this past year, that is <laughs> that is the most lately. <laughs> yeah, so they they don't know what it how it is to fail. The the most recent Warrior fans, most of those fans are younger fans. True, but I, I think they have a, a great position to bounce back very dangerously, um, if they can maneuver this as well as they should. Um, they did not nowhere. Uh, thought they were going to go from championship to being the worst team in the entire NBA, but it will work out in their favor as they still have their pieces and they'll have a whole lot to trade and add more pieces to the team that they do have already in place with Clay, Steph, and if you want to trade away Draymond, I'm not mad at that. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think you should trade him away. I, I think he is. Actually, he would be kind of similar to Ben Simmons, except he can kind of shoot outside. But you got you're trading the number one pick over to the 76ers straight up for Ben Simmons. I, I think that's a fair trade. I do think that's a fair trade. But I'm just saying if you wanted to mix around and say that it's about time to move on from uh, from Draymond, I, I would not be mad at it because I don't think he's useful outside of Golden State. His best use is at Golden State. I can't see many other teams he actually makes that much of a difference on. True, but I I think you would have to get a third team involved if you want to get uh, some type of equality in that trade. True, and I I could actually see Draymond at Portland. I had to quickly think, but that's the only place I can think he might be useful uh, Dray, Draymond, Mello, and Damian Lillard, and that might get you somewhere if you throw on one more great piece. I mean, CJ McCollum. I mean, he he's the number two player but, on that team. No, I definitely hear you, but I think that eventually he's going to be gone before any of those moves be are made. CJ McCollum. Yeah, I don't think Dame is going to be gone, and no matter what, I think he's going to be a for lifer, if not hanging on and somehow end up on the championship team. Because I think he's just a little too stubborn to not to, just to to leave there when he's so comfortable when that's his city like how Wade was for Miami. Um, it's hard to see C.J. McCollum going before Carmelo Anthony. No, no, I, I do agree with it, but I just think that Melo's a cheaper piece. It's not it's not about who you would like to keep. I think it's just about what you need to mix it up. You've been doing the same thing for a while, and it's just not working with those two main pieces. And I don't see Damian Lillard being the one to, to be gone. I think that it would be C.J. McCollum is the one that you would try to gain other uh, assets to try to make it work. I mean, I, I guess, but Damian Lillard and Draymond Green together, that's, I mean, they'd be in the same place. You mean like space-wise on the, on the court? <laughs> I meant record-wise. I I don't know, because the Portland Trailblazers go up and down. Uh, Really, more up than down uh, when it comes to the Western Conference, but uh, you're saying that they have the same record they have now? They'll be middle of the pack or worse. 
I think if you add one more piece, if you add it, if you had Damian Lillard, Melo, Draymond, and just one other above average piece, that that'll get you that you can get the third seat in the West. Well, that third person is C.J. McCollum, but in this situation, you're saying he's gone, so it's it's hard to because, see that happen. Because I don't see success with uh, C.J. McCollum adding Draymond, too. It's not about spacing or anything. I just feel like they need somebody who's taller or bigger or just somebody who's a little bit more um, – can protect the lane. Because Melo doesn't play defense. Draymond, he's known as a defensive player, but he's going to be more of the – second facilitator on the team, um, maybe set up the offense when uh, Damian Lillard doesn't want to be on the court or he is on the court, still just a second option. I just think you need somebody like a Bosch, above average player, who who fills in. I don't know who, but I, I haven't put that much thought, much thought into it. I don't think that works. They, they're not making a number three seed. Yeah, but this is all ifs and buts. Um, so uh, moving on to our last subject, which is about the college players of the spring semester as they've been hit with the shortening of all of their seasons with the hit of the coronavirus. So the NCAA has now announced that college players of the spring semester, uh, so that would fall in um, track and field, baseball, and a couple other sports. I think even tennis fits in this um into the collegiate sports that you would gain another year of eligibility. This does exclude the sorry the basketball collegiate players and the hockey collegiate players, as they will not gain a extra year of eligibility, even though a lot of their seasons were cut short and never got to a championship or a tournament. So, do you think it is fair to give some of the players of this? year that's hit by the corona an extra year and some not i think it is unfair especially to those players who are going into their senior season they won't ever get that chance to compete in the ncaa championship and it just leaves them with an empty feeling of what could have been maybe they could have went on a roll and maybe won the whole thing but they'll never know i think this really actually helps in the in the long run because you won't have a clash of people coming in like the freshmen coming in and then you still having those seniors around for an extra year so your scholarships aren't they they can be dispersed better with those seniors leaving rather than staying and those are some of the bigger sports besides the uh baseball and Whatever else, <laughs> a lot of those other yeah, baseball, um, track and sport, uh, track and field. I said track and sport, but uh, track and field and a couple other spring sports. Uh, I did also excluded as football, but their season was already over before the hit of uh, the coronavirus. So it's clearly understood why they wouldn't get an extra year of eligibility. I I'm kind of waffling on whether it's fair or not. Um, they some of the details was said that it will not mess up the um, these scholarships and the disbursements of it. They'll figure out the numbers on that, and it won't reduce the amount of scholarship money they have for other players. But there will be a clash of the seniors who are holding on 
to the last bits of their career to get them to a professional league uh, versus the freshmen that are coming in to be a big name. Uh, one big, I guess, hitch in this idea, I think, is I feel that the the teams or sorry, the players who are coming into college, the freshmen are the ones who are going to get the worst of this. They should be able to choose a different school if they want to. A lot of them have already committed, and a lot of those are basing those decisions off of there being openings in certain spots from these uh, seniors leaving. So it has jumbled up the decision-making a lot, so they should at least open it up to let a freshman decide to go somewhere else. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, it, it all depends on whether whether they signed any papers. If they made a verbal commitment, then they can back out of it. But if they sign the papers, then it's pretty they much final. I think they still should be able to back out because of this uh, this uh, unusual situation. Well, even with that, all of these teams are affected. Everybody is like there, there isn't. It's not like some teams are playing and some teams are not. So it's it's really on uh, even playing ground for everybody. And when it comes to the college uh, basketball, even though they're not getting an extra year, I think the the biggest winner of all of this was Lamar, sorry, LaMelo Ball. The college basketball that we weren't watching because big player, big teams weren't, uh, well, big fan teams like Carolina Duke weren't really that good this past year. And so it, the viewership was really low outside of it already being low until March Madness. March Madness never had happened. We're actually on the last day of uh, March. But that's just another way that these players would get their name out there and also put them in the top picks for things. I honestly think, yeah, LaMelo Ball won the most in this situation due to circumstance and him going to Australia for the year instead of going to college uh, and actually getting some money in the professional league in Australia. So it's it's all going to be different anyway when it comes to all of sports, professional, non-professional. A lot of things aren't going to have its Zacks as it had before. Because there may be no champions for many different sports for the year of 2000, of 2020. Uh, there may, may not be an NBA champion. There may not be uh, many different champions. There's not going to be a, a March Madness champion at all. So any progress any of these other teams made this past year are all for nothing. There's a vacant spot due to the coronavirus. So I, I'm kind of waffling on this decision, but at least there's some type of fairness uh, that is given to the players who might not even got to really begin their last year of eligibility. Yeah, I I can agree with that. I just think it's kind of unfair for basketball and hockey, Um, but this will set up for the future better. Agreed. Definitely agreed. And uh, of course, there there'll be Giant social changes, uh, structural changes, all of life will change as the uh, the full current of the coronavirus hits and leaves. Because we might not even know uh, whether this we can actually get back to play, but a year from now, we didn't. We're not even really sure. Yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty right now with the coronavirus. Yeah. So 
Um, just to cap it off, I guess I'll give the NCAA a pat on the back for at least trying. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Uh, uh, so that rounds it out on So You Think You Know Sports. We're definitely still going to give you information on the behind the things on sports and the news that does come about. Uh, there's still news when there's no actual play happening as we are creating it, and athletes are still out there. Uh, but this is men, So You Think You Know Sports. This is the last part, just like normal. It is three questions. Your guess is about as good as mine. Muhammad comes up with the questions. I try to answer and give you a little information on the things I do know about the subject and try to get them all right if I can. So uh, go ahead with the first question, Muhammad. All right. Who is the last Tampa Bay quarterback to make the playoffs? A, Jeff Garcia. B, Josh Freeman. Or C, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, man, this is hard. Because I really don't think Fitzpatrick made it. There was Fitz magic going on. And I'm not even sure whether that was just in um, Miami or whether it was in Tampa Bay. Uh, wow. Uh, I'm really not exactly sure on that one. So go ahead and ask the question and answer again. I'll try my best. All right. Who is the last Tampa Bay quarterback to make the playoffs? A, Jeff Garcia, B, Josh Freeman, or C, Ryan Fitzpatrick? Um, I'm going to shoot into the dark here and say Jeff Garcia. That is correct. Ah. Um, Jeff Garcia, I don't really know too much about him, but he was the last one to make the playoffs. <laughs> I think they uh, they were pretty good during that time. He wasn't the best part about the team, but uh, they was that like the Sap years. Uh, I'm talking about like Warren Sap. Um, it was in 2007. They still had John Gruden as the quarter. I mean, as the as coach. head coach. Okay, so then more than likely that was the Sap years. Um, so yeah, it it was. It's hard to say how much credit we should even give Gruden for the year they won the Super Bowl, just to get a little off topic. Um, but because of Tony Dungy um, and the team he built. But, uh, yeah, I guess that's the best I can say about that uh, era of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, you can give them credit for not messing it up. So there's, yeah, there's yeah. that. Yeah, and they had an like, extremely great defense. That was the year of um, who what was the one who played Ed Reed? Ed Reed, uh, you had Warren Sapp, you had uh, Brooks. Um, it, it was an amazing defense at that time. Ed Reed? I, I thought he was just on the Ravens. I, Maybe I'm thinking, what's the other um, safety? No, I'm thinking of John Lynch. Wow, that's whole way <laughs> off. But, but uh, yeah, John Lynch was the great um, safety for the Bucks. Okay. Um, yeah. So, number two, which of the following players – were not drafted before Patrick Mahomes in the 2017 NFL draft. A, Christian McCaffrey, B, Leonard Fournette, or C, TJ Watt. Mm. And he is the brother of... Um, J.J. Watt? Yeah, J.J. Watt. Yeah. Um, I'm really not sure about this one either. Like, I honestly just don't know. Um... God, that's going to definitely be shooting in the dark on this one. Uh, T, you said 
uh, T.J. Watt, isn't he a receiver? I'm guessing. No, you got it all wrong. He's a he, he's basically just like his brother. Plays on oh, the defensive line. Oh, defensive line. Wow. Okay. What, what? Uh, <laughs> I'm way off on this one. I don't know who T.J. Watt is. <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm really, really off on who T.J. Watt is. <laughs> but um, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Tight end. Yeah, I was everywhere. <laughs> he might as well have been a water boy. But <laughs> but uh, I I don't know. I guess we repeat the question and answer again. Okay. Right, I give you some credit. JJ uh, Watt did play a little bit uh, on the offense whenever he was in his prime. Yeah, that was but, early, and he would just bang it in. He would play fullback. Well, no, they, or they, they did. He played tight end. Yeah, yeah. He, he will peel out, peel out too. And so I do remember that, but that's not even the same person. It's his brother. But go ahead. <laughs> All right. So which of the following players were not drafted before Patrick Mahomes in the 2017 NFL draft? Was or a, wasn't? Wasn't. Okay. A, Christian McCaffrey, B, Leonard Fournette, or C, T.J. Watt? Boy, this still makes it hard, even though we were talking about T.J. Watt. Um even though I know nothing about him. Um, who was not? I'm going to say Leonard Fournette, but I'm just not exactly sure at all. That's wrong. It's the obvious answer. It's TJ Watt. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> made it real obvious. We didn't know his name. I should have come with him. But, <laughs> uh, hey, I'll take that fault. <laughs> Go ahead with the last question. All right. Which of the following NFL teams is not in the top 10 for the NFL draft? A, Los Angeles Chargers, B, New York Jets, or C, Cleveland Browns? Mm, those are all teams that fell short this past year. Um, I'm not exactly sure, but I, I definitely feel like the Chargers are in it. So I'm going to narrow it down to two answers there. But go ahead and question and answer one more time. All right. So which of the following NFL teams is not in the top 10 for the NFL draft? A, Los Angeles Chargers, B, New York Jets, or C, Cleveland Browns? Um, I feel like the Jets didn't have a great year either. Um. I'll say the Cleveland Browns. Not confident at all. It's actually the New York Jets. Wow. Didn't know. They went, they went seven and nine. Wow. That was slightly unexpected. I think thought they had a horrible year. Um, but they pretty I, much did. That's, that's, yeah, that's horrible, but it's only one less win than the NFC East champs as I went back to them again. <laughs> Well, I mean, the Jets got on a little bit of a roll at the end of the season. Oh, so when it didn't count. Okay, I understand. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> well, yeah, but we'll uh, catch you next week with the news we do have about sports, which will still be interesting. And uh, we'll be airing again next week on Wednesday. See you next week.